This podcast is part of the SJ Network. Go to s-j-network.com for more great podcasts and for contact information on publicist Steve Joyner. listening to In a City Like Yours, a semi-monthly podcast featuring interesting people with interesting life stories. This podcast may contain language and or subject matter not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm your host, Michael Glenn Moore. If you have an interesting life story and would like to appear on the show, please drop me a note at inacitylikeyours at gmail.com. Also, join our Facebook page at In a City Like Yours podcast to receive notices of new releases and other info. Now, please welcome today's guest. My name is Gary Arnold. I live in Oxford, Pennsylvania, and I have quite an unusual story to share. So, let's go back to December 2017. Uh, this is a moment where it profoundly has changed the trajectory of my life. I work in academia. I work at the local HBCU university, and I've been there over a decade. I usually take my lunch in the library, the university library. It's just a quiet place to go to get away from the the students, to have a little me time. Uh, So this was right before Christmas holiday break. Students had already gone home. I go over to the library, and I was thinking, oh, you know, it's right before Christmas, I'm going to read Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Now, if you're familiar with the story, it's actually a short story compared to the TV uh, versions. So it's not much of a read at all, but it's still very inspirational. And I sit down, and I'm looking at the book, and I get this really, really strange ear-ringing sound in only my right ear. Now it's got a coded component to it. It's so weird. It's, it's annoying. I mean, it's extreme. Crystalline sound and only my right ear. And I'm thinking, what is this noise? Now, again, the students had left and the library was virtually empty. I was at the top floor of the library. The lowest floor, that's where the, you know, the librarians are. So I was thinking, hmm, there's something like some kind of alarm or something that's been triggered that make this noise. And, but anyhow, in my pocket, I have this old track phone right, from the mid-2000s. And the reason I have it is because my wife, she, wants, uh, she wanted me to be able to, you know, to reach me. I mean, it wasn't enough just to have the office phone. She said, I need to be you know, able to reach you in case, let's say, you're on the road or whatever. And I, yeah, I'm kind of old school tech-wise. And I'm like, well, you know, I'm not going to go out and buy a smartphone because I, I wouldn't use most of the features on that. So uh, just a little bit before this happened, I had gone out with my daughter to the local Rite Aid in Oxford, and I saw an old track phone there, and it just was very simple, you know, didn't have uh, all the, the bells and whistles that today's phones have. And the clerk said, well, it's, it's like $10 plus tax in Pennsylvania. I looked at the clerk and I said, you know, I said, when my daughter can vouch for this, I said, there's no way I'm paying that much for this old looking phone. So I, I talked the clerk down to five bucks, and the clerk accepted it. So here I have this old school track phone, and I'll bring you back to the situation where I'm getting ready to read Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. It's December of 2017, and this strange, freakish noise is only in my radio. It's not like the traditional earring that everybody's had. This is something different. So I think a thought comes into my head. I have this old school track phone, and I know it has a voice recorder, a digital voice recorder feature on there. So I thought, wow, maybe I could record this this annoying sound, and then you know figure out what it is on playback. So I get out my old school track phone. It's a Alcatel A205G. That's the model, and I push record. All right now, I don't say anything. I just push record. All right now, it goes on for about 10 seconds. 
15 seconds, and when that noise stops, I push the stop button on the digital voice recorder. On playback, I was expecting to hear this like squelch, this kind of noise, uh, this crystalline, squelchy kind of noise, but instead, thing that just you know blows my mind, instead, upon playback of the recording, I hear a voice, a voice that whispers my name, says Mr. Arnold. So I'm thinking, okay, um, hmm, uh, is someone goofing? Is, some, is someone playing a trick on me? All the students are gone. The floor is completely empty. Uh, I just look around. I'm, I'm mystified as to how it's recorded this, this uh, whispered, this little voice uh, whispers my name. So and I'm thinking, okay, well, that's really odd, bizarre. Um, and it said Mr. Arnold, which I thought, well, that's kind of like, you know, that's what I'm called here because I'm not a professor. I mean, I, I work in academia, as I said, and I, and I teach writing from an academic support role. So, so yeah, I've been called Mr. Arnold before by other students. Um, and that's seen you know, on my, on my uh, desk and everything. That's what you have. Anyhow, so I left, like I said, perplexed, and curiosity got the best of me. So the next day I thought, well, can lightning strike twice? What is this? So I go back for my lunch break, and no one's there. It's right before the holidays. The noise does return. And this time, I have a question in mind. So uh, when I push record, when this crystalline-coated, strange, annoying noise happens, say, is there anybody there? Upon playback, before I ask the question, strange thing, most of the time, these ethereal entities answer the question or heard to answer the question before I even ask it. And this time they said, yes, people. Now, I'm more than concerned because I'm thinking, okay, well, this isn't normal. I mean, I was raised in a Christian household and in a sense, uh, always had an abstract idea of God and you know how you know there's a heaven and then there's a hell probably where because you know life if you look around there are things in life that I don't like and they're still true you know scorpions and rattlesnakes and stuff mosquitoes and and, uh, and ticks so I'm thinking okay well um, yeah there's probably a hell too so even though I don't want it to be true well anyhow this strange phenomenon was something that uh, it, it it blows my mind I'm, I'm like what does this mean? Um, am I cracking up? That's the first thing that comes to mind. This can't be rational. This, you know, shaking my head. This can't be true. So I go home and now I'm telling my wife, uh, a wonderful wife, beautiful wife, and, and two teenage kids. And I'm like, something's, something's got to be wrong because I'm hearing this strange noise. And when I record it upon playback, I'm hearing what sounds like intelligent speech answering the questions directly. So we make an appointment with the family doctor. This phenomenon continues. All right. So I'm able to go during my lunch break and record interactions, beings who start to answer questions that I pose directly, like my wife's name. My wife's from what used to be called East, you know, we used to be called East Germany. All right. so she, her name's Ansha. All right, it's an unusual name. It's not one of those random things that just beam down from a satellite, you know, bounce from the atmosphere. At that moment, I ask the question, upon playback, you hear her name. All right, and, and, and I say, well, what's the name of um, our pet that recently passed? And it was a rabbit. And you hear, upon playback, puddles, which is the correct answer. So this starts to be a pattern of, okay, well, this, this is so irrational, so out there. Uh, so I go to the family doctor, and you know, he's like, okay, well, we got to get the insurance to buy into this. I'm, I'm letting him listen to some of the playback and, and, and the, the vocalizations, and the recordings I have, and I'm starting to get quite a collection. And he's like, well, we're going to go with audio hallucinations. We're going to use that to get the insurance company to start looking into this. Then we're going to do a full panel, full spectrum, uh, comprehensive of blood work, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go because there's a chance that it's Lyme disease in this area of Pennsylvania. Lyme disease is pretty prevalent, and in advanced stages, Lyme disease can cause hallucinations. So everything. So and then we're gonna meet with a psychiatrist. We're gonna meet with uh, the ear, nose, and throat specialist, the ENT, 
We're going to go down every path. We're going to turn over every stone to try to get to a you know, rational, prosaic explanation. Of course, knowing my luck, not the case. Everything ends up being, I've never been healthier. You know, this is, you know, it's wonderful on one hand, but every morning I'm waking up shaking my head saying, what am I doing here? What am I dealing with? And it, at first it's very frightening because you, you think, okay, well, I'm losing it, you know, and, and now it's coming back that other people are starting to get curious about this you know, range phenomenon, which if you research it, it's called the electronic voice phenomenon. It's been uh, something that has been a puzzle or a mystery uh, for the, over half a century. Actually, a good bit more than that. Um, so even Edison was trying to have some kind of communication from the other side, uh, where you know he would be able to have somebody have a device on this side. I'm saying the living, and be able to maybe um, he'd be able to affect something so that some some kind of message would get through. Well, anyway, these beings, I started to have more and more um, personal. Like I said beyond just pets. These being said, that uh, they could see into the future and stuff. And uh, I asked what they were. They say they're alien. They say they're otherworldly. They they don't eat where they are. And this starts to get, you know, so I have, I start getting a reputation where, you know, the detailed MRIs, uh, they're doing uh, everything. It's just like everything is coming up you know, wonderful as far as, hey, I don't have a brain tumor. You know, that's great, you know, because there's not an organic reason. I'm not schizophrenic. I mean, all the, I'm not trying to get attention. And so we start having uh, investigators uh, across the country, people having me do remote viewing where I can, and one guy says, well, here's a, there's a purple can sitting on a, on a picnic table and next to this, and in this park, uh, what's in the can? So I, you know, a question is posed because they know what I'm doing around my lunchtime. The question is posed, and I have 10 minutes to get a response. And I don't tell them what I hear because that would alias the you know, make a you know, power suggestion. And what's called pareidolia, you know, even audio pareidolia, where you know, people can start to see patterns in randomness. All right, so I don't want to influence that because this is like this is different than that. But you know, there is that there's a truth in people who look for patterns in clouds and stuff. But the same thing in noise and white noise. I have these investigators, like I said, the answers are coming back right, that in this can that I have no knowledge of, and I can't access this with my own brain, this is beyond me, uh, there's a battery in the can, that's the correct answer. So my reputation starts to spread, that something's going on, and I'm like, okay, i got to make peace with this, I guess. Um, and in my family doctor, uh, the, the entities... Uh, became more and more talkative, more and more uh, involved in the minutia of my life. Uh, and, and my family doctor, he said that God spoke to him, he's a, he's a religious man, a spiritual man, and that God told him, tell me that I have a gift. I looked at my family doctor and said, well, uh, I'm not going to argue with God, but you know, if there's a possibility I could re-gift this, that'd be great because it's a, it's a huge... Uh, annoyance. I mean, it, it is our new normal, uh, and, and it's becoming something that, you know, first people thought, oh, this, this is a joke. This is this is ridiculous. This is the most absurd thing I've ever heard. Uh, and then the more I share the experience of others, where they're asking questions that I'm getting right and I can't know the answers to on my own, and that they're listening to the recordings where the the entities, that's what I call them. Um, are saying the correct responses, intelligent responses, I guess most of the time, that you, upon playback, you hear the response before I ask the question, which makes some, you know, someone think, well, is this some form of telepathy? Uh, they are able to you know, read my mind, my thoughts, before I actually speak the question. They already know what I'm going to ask. Uh, and then you know, when it's outside my sphere of understanding, like some of the researchers in, in Canada, and I've had some uh, with aerospace industry um, I have no knowledge about this stuff um, and they're they're you know asking questions that you know there's no possibility of me getting right on my own you can't google these questions and get a quick answer so so this is like it's become as I said the new normal and my life really has been transformed 
I was, I was thinking, well, what, what can I do? To, um, you know, should I should I just keep it to myself? And this is like a private experience. Or should I go out and try to tell people, hey, I, I don't think we're alone in the universe. I think I have forensic evidence um, that's making people talk and, and people in important places. I'm saying the scientific community, you know, Stanford University, uh, researchers you know, who are credentialed and um, who have connections with uh, multi-million dollar uh, businesses and and uh, one one person well actually two of them are billionaires uh, and, and it's just like these people are interested in little old me and nobody uh, and what I'm doing uh, it became something you know it's one of those things where like I said at first it's kind of like a this can't be true this is a joke right and then my immediate family some people started to think and I'm just not saying my my wife and kids but you know, my cousins and even my siblings start to think, have I made some kind of deal with the devil? Uh, am I into the occult? And I said, I don't do anything. There's no rituals here. I said, uh, some of these researchers have had me do that that old school track phone uh, and, and modern smartphones. We do the test simultaneously to see if phones all record the same EVP, the message when I ask the question. Remember, this only happens when the ear ringing happens. Uh, and then you, upon playback, the old school track phones, and I said old school phones, will pick up the message. The modern smartphones don't. Now, the reason the researchers say is because the modern smartphones use filtering algorithms to just about completely eliminate white noise, where the older models still have some white noise. And it's the white noise, apparently, one researcher, I can't really say his name or anything. It's kind of a non-disclosure agreement, but he's like, it. They need the ambient white noise to craft into these these uh, units of energy that is picked up, whatever it is. I mean, again, I'm not technical, but it ends up being uh, the. It's like the equivalent of human speech. But if you look at the construction of it, right, phoneme by phoneme, it, it's you know because they can analyze. They can analyze a, a voice print. Can analyze the waveform just like we would if you use a computer. You can analyze a picture and see if it's counterfeit or not. You go down to the pixel level, and the computer, the software will look at pixel by pixel and say, "Has this been manipulated? Is this photoshopped? Is this, you know, fake and counterfeit, or is it genuine?" And it's the same thing you can do with audio. So an audio file, if as long as you have the province where you can prove, "Hey, this is recorded and everything was controlled in controlled environment." And the clip can be analyzed to you know, basically test the authenticity of the waveform. Is it legit or is this something that's been tampered with? All of mine have passed inspections. So, so the thing is, once once I got into this, and then again now we're talking about years of interactions. I have over 1,800 clips of my interactions. Uh, and beings who claim to be alien, who claim to be otherworldly. Answer questions for other people. An important thing is, after about the first eight months of doing this, in 2018, I guess the summertime, uh, I asked the entities, to "Say, am I stuck with the library? Am I tethered to this location, or can I, can I uh, interact with you elsewhere?" And they said, "Well, just ask us, ask us, and we will accompany you." I'm thinking. Really, this was a breakthrough because before that, I, you know, my lunch break, and you know, you start. My coworkers are aware; they don't mind. I mean, of course, it was mind blowing at first, but it's like, hey, these these beings never had said to do anything evil or anything like that. And it's during my lunch break, and it's like taking a phone call. And they've had videotapes of me. I don't go into any kind of. Uh, I don't have seizures. It's not like there's some kind of ventriloquism happening. I mean, to fake it, it's all just there's no there's no ritual. It's, I call it a seance as far as you know the, the documentaries I've created. One of them is called Subterranean Seance, but I don't actually have a seance. I mean, that's just you know being art, artsy fartsy. Uh, the the idea is that now I can do this anywhere, anytime that they want to talk. Now, when I say that, I can't summon them to be here at such and such a moment. But every day, they try to make contact. And in the middle of the night, I could be in a in a shopping mall. I can be in the middle of a park, and I can interact with beings that again say they're alien. 
I have the recordings, and, and they're mischievous too. These these beings, they like to play games. When I do remote viewing for some of the researchers out west, all right, they call it the game. Right? Beings, are we playing the game again? And I'm like, uh, yeah, if you think it's a game, uh, sure. Uh, and that's that's what they look at. This is remote viewing to them is the, the game. Now there's a, like I guess there's a mischievous, strange, bizarre, quirky kind of humor about them too. That they they seem to be interested in the, the most mundane, as I said, the, the minutia of our lives. And they've told me that we're all being watched. All right, and, and they, uh, they they seem to make reports for someone. Now somebody said, "Well, they're angelic." I said, "Well, maybe they are. Maybe what we call alien today was angel back then, you know, and, and in ancient times." Uh, but they, they they like when the pandemic started. Uh, pandemic started. My the, the school district was giving out free food. All right, because for the kids, my my te- my teenage kids. They weren't allowed to go to school, but we could still circle by in our vehicles, everything, you know, um, at the beginning of the pandemic, they said, well, we have food to give a, each family. So we were waiting in line uh, in my van. I was with kids. You have to bring the kids along to get the food and that weekly box of food from the school district. All right. So that, that helps out. I mean, I'm working from home then and, and my wife's working from home. The kids are home. So. So during lunch break, you know, for going to get this, the package from the school, suddenly the ear ringing happens, and I try to like play it off with the kids there. And I say, oh, I guess I better take this call, and you know, they, they're like, oh my god. And at the same time, it's like the ear ringing's happening. So I put it, the phone up to my ear, push record, on playback. You hear a voice, accusatory voice, saying, "They don't use the food." I'm thinking. But use the food. We're getting this package of food, and it, it definitely helps out to have you know a week's worth of groceries from the school. So when I go home to my wife, I'm, I'm, I'm perplexed. I'm like, uh, really strange. Here we have uh, being you know judged or scrutinized. Apparently, that, that we're not using the food. What are, are we doing? Something with this food? Are we wasting it? That we use all the food we keep. However, we give some to your parents that we don't like. That maybe the rice and stuff. So I'm like, okay, I better go check. And so I talked to my parents that live just around the block. And yeah, they didn't they didn't like that. So they they weren't they were being kind by not telling us, don't give us that food. We're not going to eat it. So they're throwing it away. So I, I thought, oh my gosh, uh, uh, that maybe maybe that's what they were referring to because we weren't wasting food, but it was an accusatory clip. Now we have had other interactions which have been political. Okay, uh, of course, it's 2020. So everybody has a certain question on their mind. Presidential election in this country. Well, I asked the question. You know, I recorded, and um, they gave a response before my question. And, it's, and again, I think this, this spotlights the nature of what I'm dealing with: the sense of humor. Nice, clear Donald Trump. Okay, so and that's September 2020. Now we know that's not how things turned out. There's some grand deception that we can't figure out. And, but I was told by some of the researchers, the important researchers out um, in uh, Nevada, California. Okay, you got to bury that clip. You make that public. Certain people who are going to latch onto that, and you know, before you know it, yeah, half of America, 50 million people are going to hate you. That reason alone, and maybe 50 million people or so are going to love you. You want to be that person, like the mil- in the end, the My Pillow guy. That's how important they said this clip is dangerous. Um, the one person's with the CIA. It's just like, hey, let's not talk about some things. So we 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 categor- categorically say the beings. They're correct about some things. Uh, they apparently what we understand as time isn't true. We don't have a grasp of what that really means. They're able to anticipate things. They're able to see into the future apparently, um, but they also like to play games with us and uh, to stir the pot. So, so like another example. Uh, this one's kind of corny, but you know I, I want to be totally open with this. The uh, I was I was in the library. I was doing a session 
which was where a new contact was going to happen. But I had eaten a lot of food right before. Food that, I didn't have any Beano with me. Food that made me quite gassy. But right before, I'm talking about 30 seconds before I um, get the ear ringing. Um, <laughs> a little flatulence. I, I pass. I pass gas. I fart. All right. So and this is crazy. So the ear ringing happens. I push record on playback. I have a voice, a feminine voice. Is he let a stinker? All right. <laughs> now think about it. Uh, that you have another realm, an invisible realm, that seems to be scrutinizing our species. But there's a, a twisted sense of humor, and, and to think that something as as, re, as ridiculous, as, as nonsensical as that, even being a factor in in an in interaction, um, told me a lot about and some insight into the, the sense of humor that I, I'm encountering. So there is some condescension, and the beings seem. Uh, not all of them seem to have uh, a view of our species as as uh, inferior. Probably the nicest way to put it. They they like we're ridiculous. Uh, and you know I've asked about okay well if you're going to be negative I really don't want to deal with you. And then you have like some people man that's demonic for sure because they're not they're not trying to help humanity. I said no. I said I understand. I said. Maybe my idea, maybe it's too Hollywood, or maybe the idea of evil. Evil is not concerned about flatulence. Evil, I mean, and, and if I had carried through and, and pushed that uh, that clip about the who's going to win the presidential election, well, I probably would have been evil because I, I, I full well knowing that certain groups of people would have taken embraced it in a way to use uh, that may have been twisted. So by stepping back and realizing, hey. Uh, all I'm putting on the table, all I'm putting on the table through this interview, through all the interviews I've done, um, and all the podcasts, is they exist. That there's something going on here. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, the science uh, we've been told what's true in the universe. Well, I have forensic evidence that it's not, and that's a that's a big deal uh, because I've had it. I'm, I've taken it to experts, audio forensic. Uh, professionals who've actually been able to to use computer bleeding edge computer software to analyze the clips to to again number one prove they're authentic but more importantly to start to peel away the layers and I say that like an onion there are layers and layers of of data of acoustic data some of it is subliminal it's actually in a 10-second clip, let's say, where I'm interacting and you have a response. In that 10-second clip, they peel away layers upon layers and there's subliminal conversations going on about what I'm saying before I say it. Not just the EVP, which is audible as a whisper, but below the surface, even more is being said. Now, for example, here's a perfect one. I, uh, I'm a huge, passionate uh, pigeon person. I, I import pigeons from all over the world. Rainbow pigeons, uh, emerald doves. I have uh, I have African olive pigeons. It's my hobby. It's my passion since I was eight years old. Uh, I'm 54 right now, and I have quite a collection of pigeons, including homing pigeons, which are you know pretty standard fare. Um, I have some white homing pigeons, and I had some extra ones, and it was 2020, and. There was a question on my mind as I had these extra pigeons. What do I do with my extra pair of white pigeons? And I thought, ear ringing happened. I thought, I'm going to ask Ethereal what I should do with this extra pair of white pigeons. On playback, hear a very loud Class A EVP. Understand, no one else is around. And it's an emphatic, sell them, right? Very clear, sell them. And and I'm like, oh wow! So they they actually are paying attention to me and my pigeons, right? <laughs> and 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 then I'm like, oh, I did not sell them because they told me to. I never I never take their advice in the sense. I mean, I always keep thinking, well, what would I do anyway? So yes, I did sell them, but not because they told me to. Um, but the thing is, this is knowing that I'm really into pigeons and, and, and 
importing pigeons and my, my, my son's into pigeons, my daughter has her pigeons, and we've been into pigeons for, like I said, all, since I was eight, but then all their lives. And here we have a, an EVP that's very strong, emphatic, a direct response, intelligent response to the question that follows. Again, this answers come before I ask, which is weird. I had this clip analyzed uh, by an uh, by, uh, audio forensic professional who does what's called subliminal acoustic fingerprint. So what they do, they peel away the layers of all the data, all the audio waves and stuff that are actually across the spectrum. All right, so when this EVP happens, where the answer comes before my question about the pigeons, and I say sell them. Right before that, on a subliminal level, there's a male and a female talking. Okay? They were able to reveal through the bleeding edge computer software, male and a female saying, what kind of pigeon does he have? Is it a homer? How much do you think he'll get? This is, we're talking about a seven second clip has so much information embedded in there now there's a group of people who believe in uh, 2017 before this experience happened with me and when it started in december um and i think it was either october or november in the news they were starting to talk about something called havana syndrome all right now for the audience i mean that's that's where is it our diplomats uh, in cuba Havana, that's why they call it Havana Syndrome, but now it's apparently all over the world this has been happening, seem to be targeted individuals, maybe with some kind of microwave energy or radio frequency, something that gives them brain damage, that gives them uh, audio hallucinations, that gives them, you know, weird feelings and paranoia. Now, again, this is something that's been in the news, and uh, it's, it's, apparently the intelligence community is quite divided on what the real cause is, whether it may be state actors like Russia, you know, they have a, a weapon that they can use psychotronically, you know, whether it's certain frequencies they beam at somebody. But I'm a nobody, all right? So, I mean, I can't imagine that being the case with me, but there is one school of researchers out there who thinks, especially because of this clip, where they peel away that data, and there's a conversation going on beforehand, and they think, well, maybe Gary, that's me, maybe he's he's actually stumbled into something that is being done to lots of people, and to it, probably some nefarious end, because it would be some kind of control. Uh, and so, because of the conversation, they think, is this something that technologically can be done? Now, I have seen on, uh, I believe it was the Discovery Channel, that there are certain kinds of devices that have been created where you can beam something at somebody, like a message, and they will hear in their head voice. So, now, again, I use Occam's Razor. If you're familiar with that, Occam's Razor is the... The hypothesis that has the least number of exceptions or variables is usually the right thing. The simplest the idea is usually the right thing. So to these researchers, it's ridiculous. Aliens and all that stuff, that's nonsensical. But the idea that the government has some group has a weapon that they're using to influence people, that's rational. So to them, to some of these researchers, I've got evidence that someone, probably people within our own society, use tax dollars to maybe experiment on our own people some kind of mind control that that may explain that whole thing when when you know i got the response that trump won the election um that they wanted to bury that kind of stuff because yeah well imagine if you could cause people to act and think a certain way they don't even know it because it's in a subliminal level and maybe i just happened to accidentally with my old school track phone Someone to some kind of mind control thing that's underway. I don't know. The, the, the theories are so exotic on both sides. And that doesn't really explain how they could answer questions uh, 
before I ask them or you know, do remote viewing for other people across the, the globe and get answers right. But then you start thinking, well, you know, do we really believe these are alien? I mean, are, do we trust them, number one? Maybe they're saying they're alien. Um, what's interesting, another aspect of this is if, if answer to a question has to deal with an animal, a frog, a pig, uh, a rabbit, the entities will answer the question and try to sound like that animal. And that sounds absolutely absurd, ludicrous, insane. But it's all insane. And I start with that premise. This is a, when did I wake up in this nightmare? In a way, uh, and it's like, so, so if, like, I had one person. The answer to the question was frog. So you have, I was asking the question for somebody, and I did not know the answer. And the answer comes before my question, is that a frog? But they say it like you would almost imagine a frog saying it. And when the answer is about a pig, they sound like, almost like a pig. Cartoonish, extreme, and I'm thinking, is this, again, is this a sense of humor? But it, it weirds people out because really it falls into one of two camps. Either this is something totally outlandishly exotic when it comes to like otherworldly or other dimensional, or it's something that we should also do a double take. If this is technology that's being transmitted and that you have people with maybe an agenda, maybe they're not even state people, maybe they're people almost like a, a force unto themselves using American citizens or anywhere around the world as you know, as experiments, guinea pigs to play games with. That's frightening, right? Uh, so that's that's the, the two camps that I'm, you know, caught between the research camps. I mean, I have, like I said, 1,800 clips, over 1,800 interactions where I ask them. Like my wife, she was in Berlin with a uh, with my one kid, my daughter, and uh, you know, so I'm over here in the states uh, in the library, and I'm asking questions about what they're doing over there. Uh, with no knowledge, things like that, and get, they get the right answer. And so, and it's like the thought that we could, we could, and we could be on a, a threshold of something, a revelation of something of great significance. Either way, and that's what I keep going back to. You know, I created these two documentaries of my investigation right now, and from an artistic thing, that's what I'm doing. With uh, have a website and documentaries. The first one's called Subterranean Seance, The Evidence Speaks. Now I asked the entities when I was starting to make this documentary in 2020, I said, is this something you want me to do? Again, the responses sometimes sound dated, just like a, he let a stinker. That sounds like 70s talk to me. Uh, and then you have like, I asked them about it, again, making the documentaries. And we're down with it. That's what they answer. Like, again, it's, it's strange. And it's like, you know, I, I keep trying to say, I have to have an open mind. I mean, I, I see myself in, in interviews, I've said it. Uh, if you're familiar with uh, Dr. Seuss's Horton, here's the who. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, I'm that elephant, Horton, with the big ears. And little who's on a speck of dust. And the rest of the animals in the jungle think Horton's crazy because he's hearing you know, from these miniature people, you know, like a molecule, a microbe, uh, civilization, uh, microcosm, and they don't believe it. They think he's crazy, but in the end, he's revealed to be telling the truth. Uh, it, 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 again, it just, so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to share uh, glimpses of something profoundly disturbing, and it's, it's a, it, but at the same time, like a puzzle. I mean, I play chess. I love playing chess. I played chess also since I was about eight years old. About the same time I started raising pigeons. And chess is like puzzles. I like to figure puzzles out. It's the chess moves and when you have an opponent and how to outmaneuver them. And it, it, there's a similarity when it comes to to understanding the electronic voice phenomenon, the, the enigma, the puzzle, trying to unravel it. And I'm enlisting other people who have the resources, who have the, you know, the, the technical ability that I don't have. Because uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a nobody, and I have a clip where, where I, I ask them, uh, why me? 
why are they dealing with somebody like me? And they answer, I'm sorry. Face. And there's like a smaller, wispy voice that says, almost childlike, you're our favorite. Now, I, I laugh it off and say, well, that's a manipulation if I ever heard one. Because, of course, that's the answer everybody wants to hear about themselves, that they're special. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand their sense of humor. But, if, you know, again, if these were government agents and stuff, I, I can't imagine the end game. Why play a game with a nobody like me? I have no political aspirations. I have no money, really. I mean, I'm just a regular working guy family and stuff and I, I devote maybe 10% of my life to in my recent life to trying to get this crazy message before the people I've actually had is it credentialed qualified uh, respected researchers who are looking at what I'm doing and they're just baffled and you know I'm all about transparency and full disclosure so these two short documentaries it costs less than the price of a McDonald's Happy Meal. And I, I usually say it costs less than a McDonald's Happy Meal, uh, but you get more f- food for thought. I mean, that's the way I frame it. And, it, it, it just, and that's because I have it hosted out there. And I'm certainly not a moneymaker or anything like that. Uh, but it, it just, there's so much that makes you just think why and how. And I wake up every morning and I shake my head and I think, this can't be true. I mean, this, this, this is just ridiculous. I mean, and I think if you're a person over in this culture, I try to, to draw an example. Well, if these are aliens, they are in another dimension. They tell me they're in a different realm, but they're able to watch all of us all of the time. And I keep thinking that they have this strange sense of humor. It takes me back to the 70s, going back to the 70s and maybe early 80s, but I think it's the late 70s. Robin Williams. Work and Mindy, work from work, and that that quirkiness is a is a strange quality about their humor. Um, like I said, most of them seem to be looking down on our species as like flawed, and that we don't have our act together. But they are also able to try to make connections most of the time to to try to build a bridge. Maybe that's a common denominator of humor. Um, so. So yeah, they've never, like I said, they've never said anything that I would consider dangerous or who's going to win the presidency. Well, maybe some people would have considered that dangerous um, if it's the wrong answer. Uh, and, and just, you know, so yeah, I've, I've tried to put everything in perspective. I know the winning hand I have here, no matter what interpretation, of deciding who or what they really are, just that the evidence speaks for itself as far as here it is. I'm um, daily able to interact with entities. Say to this, that I'm able to record it as proof. And I'm able to do it in a Faraday pouch. Now, if you're familiar with a Faraday cage, that is a, a function that keeps electromagnetic signals, fields, from going in and out. So, if you put a phone, a cell phone, in a Faraday pouch, which is just a smaller version of a Faraday cage, uh, based on Michael Faraday, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but the idea, I have a military-grade Faraday pouch supplied by these researchers. You put it in there, there's no way it should be able to record voices coming through that. But I am able to do that. Again, it, it, it goes beyond... They're trying to think, well, how is this possible? Now, we, we've got the phones, the Alcatel A205G, the schematics, the blueprints. You know, we're, we're taking a look. For, in, in, the, in the Obama uh, years, That was the nickname was for the Obama phone. That was the subsidized free phone. That, you know, people who didn't have the, the means, they could get a phone that was paid for by the government. Uh, so you have that you know, that connection. I'm not saying the phone's been tampered with, but I'm saying this phone and the and the, uh, the schematic, the blueprint inside. I mean, that's the thing you can dissect it. There's nothing amiss. There's nothing in there that says, so, so "Hey, well, this is a, this is this is you know, the reason that this phone is able, this model of phone is able to 
record these entities. All outlandish, it's all outrageous, it's all crazy that it's true. And I've been submitting this information, uh, doing the podcast, doing the interviews, doing the newspaper interviews, doing interview with the Nashville Network, doing, I mean, just everywhere. Scientists, uh, a couple months ago, we were, and my wife and I were hanging out with Josh Gates from the Discovery Channel, giving him a thumb drive of data for his team. Uh, I'm taking, I'm elevating this, in my opinion, the right way. I'm getting the right people to, you know, the people who have the respect have you know, already the credentials uh, to investigate it. Because I can't, I, mean, I can put it before people, who am I again, I'm a nobody, but these people, they have the deep roots, they have the connections. They can you know, authenticate uh, the clips. They can, you know, I have the, the latest documentary I have out, actually you get with, when you, you know, it's called Frog Hollow Road, all right? And, and there's a road just down the street from where I live. But I thought, mm, frog, hollow, the voice and the one says it's a frog. I said, this is kind of cool. And the idea of mystery and the bottom of Frog Hollow Road is this bamboo section. And there's this little creek that runs through the summertime. It's all foggy and mysterious. So I play on that kind of stuff. I'm trying to be artsy, uh, but at the same time, I'm trying to, you know, present something that if you just present it as it is, people are going to say, that's fake. There's no way that's true. When you start having the scientific evidence, that's the, the, the second one. The first documentary is just, it's like a treasure hunt of EVPs. Then we do a quick analysis of several of them. And then the second documentary called Frog Hollow Road, it has the, the official forensic reports from three different groups, three different groups around the world, and uh, including the one that it has the subliminal acoustic fingerprint where they analyze the pigeon clip. And again, I'm just using, I have so many clips I could talk about politics. I've talked to, I actually had military guy, and if you remember a few years ago, I won't say again which branch of the military or anything, but the United States had, uh, we were expecting Iran to strike back because we had taken out their nuclear engineer or whatever, whatever the guy was, um, one of their head honchos. Well, the Iran, the day the, the retaliation was expected, I um, received a request to ask Ethereal what was going to happen. Um, again, when I do these requests, I send the responses, roll clips. I don't affect them. I don't put them through filters. I don't uh, even make a suggestion of what I'm hearing. I send this to the, the investigator. Now, that night, we did have missiles fall one, remember the one bunker. Um, initially they said that no one was injured, but then later comes out, of course, you know, they, they filter that because they don't want people, you know, want to respond instantly and strike back again and cause, you know, escalation. But later they admitted that there were people hurt. Well, that, that was what this was related to as far as when I was helping do some remote viewing, and in, in a sense, not remote, uh, future viewing, like what's going to happen tonight, all right? So everybody kind of knew that there was going to be something, and they did strike. And remember, they actually uh, shot down a plane as well around the, their own airport. So I mean, it was a mess. But um, yeah, this is crazy stuff. Uh, this is uh, I've enlisted people, some people uh, who you would never imagine are actually talking to me. I'm a nobody. Uh, and it's like, I could write a book about this. And there's, <laughs> but I, instead, sort of the artistic or creative side of me, I'm like, these short documentaries, we can just do the reports. and we Because you know, I've been told people can't accept the truth all at once. You know, it, it, it has to be slowly ripped out because the truth is so, if it's done too quickly, it, people are going to be afraid. And I, I actually, I, I'm just the same thing with me. If, if, if these interactions were constant, I could never have been able to handle that. But if I'm able, you know, I can say, well, it's been incremental, and slowly building over the years since this started. 
So now I have built some kind of rapport. And I have no idea when most of the time they'll want to interact. And they said sometimes it's two in the morning. And I'm like, I'm not going to turn on my phone. I'm not going to push record. I want to sleep. You know, and, and I was just like, uh, maybe I'm selfish. Some people are like, you know, you need to do that. I say, if you pay me enough money, yeah, then I'll be available and on call for, for, for this. But I said, right now, it's nothing but a curiosity. So I'm glad that I can help. And, and this is, this, it, it, I, I could go on, I could go on for hours talking about something that most people are going to say can't be true. No well, way would I, but yeah. yeah um... <laughs> I was just wondering, you call them ethereal several times. Is that something that they gave you a title for, or is that just what you've nicknamed them? What I've what I've done, I can't see them. They've never materialized. I've even said, "Can you manifest?" No. I've said, "Can you can you give me the winning numbers of the Powerball?" And the answer is impossible. So I'm like, so this if you they can glimpse the future, maybe it's selective or maybe and they can't maybe they have parameters they they operate in um but no they, i say they're ethereal entities they say they're alien they say they're otherworldly but they're like people all right now I, i've asked are you dead are you people who've passed on and they're not it's, that's one thing they, they will crystal clear say they're not um people who have died not i can't summon somebody and say, well, it's your dead relative. Because I've had, actually, I, this started really happening, and they started getting some press around here. I've had people contact me, can you, my son committed suicide, could you please? And I'm like, I don't do that. that. These are not dead people. And then, anyway, I wouldn't want to do that. I said, I, said, I don't want any involvement in things like that. It's, it's it, all I can say about myself. Let me, how do you even handle this? I'd be crazy. I, mean, I was on a radio station, 98 Rock, um, and they're like, that's insane. There's no way. How do you even do that? I said, I'm really good at one thing, compartmentalization. I'm able to realize, what it, and it, I'll put it on the table, when, and I, when I, I saw through going on, I said, because sometimes there's some negative things being said. And I'm like, I really don't feel like dealing with this negative stuff. And then I, I figured out a weakness that they they want me to continue interacting. That's the weakness. They they need that attention. So I said, why should I care? My realm, you're nothing more than a whisper. And you need me to translate it with some device. I said, if you just try to do whatever in my ear, it's a noise. I don't know what you're saying. It's, it's an annoyance. But... You need me to push record. So I said, how afraid should I be of a whisper? I said, what kind of reality do you have? Even if, and I, I tried with researchers, I said, I'm so open-minded to the possibility. But it's all crazy. Possibility. There's one, one microscopic, just when you go back to that Horton Hughes, but there's one little, sentient entity right, that likes to play games is a ventriloquist who would try to be male or female or an animal but that's it that it's a trickster that it's actually that I'm willing to say because they, they try to I've recorded so many different voices some sound definitely masculine sound childlike some sound ha, feminine have you tried grand, recording with a different uh, phone, or is that something that it's only? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, there. Yeah, all those old school phones, and I'm not. I use the track phones as I say. The old models, before the smartphone, they will record the EVPs. Now my my go-to choice is the Alcatel A205G, only because it's where I started with the modern smartphones, and including the most modern, because I've had to do these experiments for different scientists. Um, they won't record it at all. And if I send a message from my recorded message from the track phone to a smartphone, the smartphone, it shows graphically the waveform of the speech of the clip. It won't show the EVP. It will only show me. So 
it doesn't even acknowledge the white noise that's been crafted to sound to, to be intelligent speech. Side by side, you could have two phones recording simultaneously, and I've had more than that. I've had people, I mean, this isn't something that just takes place by myself in the corner. I have other people there, so people can simultaneously turn on these phones. I have a coming up outside Philadelphia with his, his investigating team, and he's going to live stream it. It's going to all be, um, and all these microphones, everything in a controlled environment there, including Faraday pouches and stuff. We want to get the hard evidence that this, according to our understanding of science, this is not possible, but it is. It is happening. Um, I already, you know, like I said I have all the, the reports and stuff. This is the real deal. Now, what that means, I, I, I get, all I'm putting on the table is it's real. I'm not putting on the table anything more, because then when you start going down that rabbit hole, I mean, that just, you know, then, oh, well, did Trump really win the election? No. I, 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 why do we even believe what they say is true? Now, they have had some some uh, insights that I have no access to, and they've been correct. So the, the, these researchers have got correct answers. Uh but, you know, they've also at times with me, I thought, been a little bit, you know, playing games and um, and like the idea of me winning Powerball. I mean, I, and so I, they say impossible. But, you know, if you see the future, you should be able to see the winning numbers. I mean, at least give me a couple. <laughs> so you remember when we had the Powerball that was close to a billion, right? So, yeah. Yeah. I, I kept pressing and... And I have the recording. They say, go to the lottery. And they say, Powerball. Okay? I go. I play. They didn't give me the numbers. I just thought, hey, well, they just want me to go to the lottery and play Powerball. I can send you this clip separately. You can... Now, yeah, I won just for the Powerball. <laughs> I mean, so I didn't win the jackpot. So I got a seven, you know, just a few dollars. And, yeah, that's a sense of humor. That, okay, I kept begging because I'm like, well, and I keep saying, if you really want me to have the world believe that you are, I said, there's a better way to do this. Give me the winning numbers. We'll have the live stream event where I win the jackpot. I'll give you all the credit as long as I keep the money. <laughs> and I, that's the thing. They laugh at that. Yeah, can I have the recorded. They so they're tuned into something. What what, uh, what do you think their purpose is? <laughs> uh, to annoy me would be the first one. But, um, and I've done that. I, I said, I, yeah, I, I'm imperfect like every other human being. It, long story short, I said, if, if this is my burden in life now, to, to say, maybe they are, you know, little ornery devils sitting in hell. But it can't be – if I tell the whole world in the end, hey, this is what <laughs> – they like to joke about flatulence, and they, and they, uh, and they, they, they seem serious about some things. And Really, I mean, I think their purpose, what they want, is to be known. What, again, this is taking off the table the idea that instead of them being real, that there's some kind of nefarious government or – going around doing things to screw with people. And imagine the kind of power you'd have if you could influence people subliminally, beaming, and you know, and, 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 and make them think that they thought a thought, but all along it was like this program that was being zapped into their brain, these frequencies, that caused them to think a certain way, maybe to be uh, ready for war with Russia, or maybe to, to psych people up for the election to, to, to riot. Uh, I, I, the people that most of the researchers I'm interacting with believe they're mischievous. They are. They, they, most of the researchers believe that they are alien. Are they, they? For whatever reason, they're convinced that's what these beings are. That the the idea that aliens are uh, in flying saucers and coming from stars and stuff far away may not be the way it really is. Maybe what we consider alien like that—that's a Hollywood notion. Maybe. They're invisible entities who've always been here. The ultra-terrestrials always on the planet, unseen, right alongside of us. And maybe it's like another dimension. I mean, I ask them, they have a realm, and they say in their realm, they don't eat, all right? But I asked, what do you eat in your realm? I have, these clips are all free, or you can check them out on my compendium website. Uh, you know, we are not alone, 
and then medium. If you look that up, we are not alone is one word, and then the word medium, you'll find Gary Arnold and everything I've done uh, and been involved with. It's all. Yeah, I'll right put that in this in the show notes. I'll put that in the show yeah, notes so that my listeners can go to it, and now they can hear some of the EVPs. If I, if sure. if you go to that, okay. Yeah, they can they can experience a lot of freebies, um, a lot of the the, the research researchers and stuff I've interacted with, a lot of the personalities, celebrities even, like Josh Gates, who's like a real-life Indiana Jones, I mean, the Discovery Channel. Um, just recently, Gary Nolan, for New Year's Eve, I spent with him. We were Zoom interacting. He had the whole uh, discussions up there for free. You know, you can hear his take and his thoughts on this stuff. It's crazy. And this guy is Stanford. He's got, he's got uh, three or four businesses that are tens of millions of dollars. I mean, why would he even give me the time of day except that he's looking at the data and he's saying, well, this is real. Now, you know, so I'm presenting something that is perplexing and, and, uh, and then he, his friends in Harvard, because if you listen to it, and he's got uh, one guy who's a billionaire, your um, Thiel, Thiel, he's all on there. Uh, and, you know, so he's a sponsor of this stuff. Um, there's, oh, there's okay. We, we need to wrap this up. So why don't you, as the last thing, uh, what would you tell others or how could you suggest for others to, to, to do what you do? Are you, are you just picked random or can others kind of find their way with, you know, say if I bought this type of track phone and started trying to communicate yeah. with the, with the ethereal, uh, universe that you know can they do that yes yes actually i've been told even though i'm considered special by them uh, for whatever reason maybe it's just because i'm telling people hey you can do this so i'm kind of like passing the baton those track phones if you're interested you can go on ebay and get that track phone that bacon model for under five maybe no more than seven dollars right, you can do this stuff on your own uh, and that's i'm all about one thing i'm all about science the people I'm working with, the, the real researchers, they go about it with the scientific method. The reports I have, which you can check out, and the, the documentaries, they, they go back, they, they use the same process to get, you know, work through the hypotheses. And so they analyze the data the same way with the same, so that way you have repeatability as well. Like, okay, can this be done over and over again? And it, it, so many phones, so many meters apart, turned on at the same moment. You know, the question about what's going on in Ontario and this, 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 and, 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 and get it right. How is it possible? And that's what, so they start eliminating a lot. And that's why my personal feeling, this is not, this is not some psyops from the government. This is not uh, Havana syndrome. This is something I, I'm convinced, and, and most, of, most of the researchers in that camp are convinced something uh, other, alien, uh, inter interdimensionals, ultra-terrestrials, even cryptids. And I've had audio engineers, not just in the forensic thing. I, I've had people who've been in the sound industry who, who, are, who are famous uh, engineers for famous bands. They take, they analyze, and they're like, wow. You know, and they analyze it in so many different ways. I mean, I can't even conceive of what they're doing. And they're able to break it all, and they're saying, all these pieces are part of something larger, and they're trying to understand how is it possible happening. That's what okay. it goes back to. It's so out Okay, there. to end the podcast, I want you to yeah. give a quote from the entities that is your favorite. Of all the things that they've discussed with you, what is your favorite quote? Well, uh my favorite, wow, that's, that's a good question. There's so many. I mean, I, I could say a family quote. Um, I'm going to go back to the pigeons. I mean, what I described. Uh, why? Because it, it, it is so much a part of my life. I spend almost as much time working with my birds as I do working on the, the alien stuff. So um, the clip where I ask them, I, I can still remember exactly when I got the answer and how it happened. Um, I asked them what to do with my white pigeons. Right. So I do my pair of white pigeons. And, and they answer. They answer emphatically, emphatically, 
sell them. So that that to me is is it speaks volumes. I mean, I, like I said, I have, I have clips where they say my wife's name. I obviously say my name. Say the nickname of my brother. Um, all all kinds of things that use are, are corny and personal. But this this is a because I have a passion for pigeons because it's really my number one hobby. Um, that's it. That's the one. Um, and 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 it has a sense of humor because once they did the subliminal acoustic thing and you find out that they're even they're conversing about what kind of pigeons and and how much do you think he'll get and you have different voices. That's fascinating. It's like right there you have a whole conversation bubbling just below you know the audible level below the EVP itself. Crazy. give a shout out to Ben, the editor of this show. Ben also has a podcast called Two Marks and a Spark. You can find it wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Check it out. You won't be sorry.